all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some people outside of the school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good. Not a bad way to start out the third and three podcast over here. As maybe you can tell, our theme, the music theme of the day is TV shows from back in the day. And we got a few more starting out with the Fresh Prince right there. As we're live back in action from the ground and pound touchdown to the quick pick for six, it's time to get your football fix on the third and three podcast with Tricky Nicky Gist, the real deal Damian Adams, and myself, the sports prophet Jason Fearman. This awesome show is brought to you by Anchor Radio and presented by the Sports Column. Big shout out to BS3 Radio and Ben Sutter the third, as we did a great podcast Saturday all fantasy football related. Hopefully you took a you took most of our advice and played the right guys because we hit on a lot of them. Uh, the questions from the listeners kept pouring in on YouTube and you guys helped make it more of an even better show. So big ups to Big Ben over there and the spectacular job he does at BS3 Radio. As for this show today, you know what we're doing on 3rd and 3. We got some fantasy football for you as well, but you know what we do with the X's and O's, the keys to victory, who's going to win and why. So let's bring it on. Let's get this bad boy going. Introducing ladies first, as always, Nikki, good day to you and congratulations on your team's first victory of the season. Yes, thank you. It feels so good to watch my team win. I, I forgot what that felt like, so I was very <laughs> excited, and it's good to start the week uh, with a win, so yeah. hopefully we pull it out this week. Well, let's see if they keep it going on Thursday night against the Eagles. We'll get into that. We'll get into the game from Sunday, and Damien and your team had the week off, but you guys are back now after a bye. How are you feeling personally and about your team? Feeling great personally, man. As long as I'm doing the podcast with you guys, I always feel good. Um, as far as my team, I think the bye week came at a perfect point, and hopefully, we were able to take care of some of the issues we saw earlier in the year throughout the bye week. But we'll see this week against Carolina. It's definitely not going to be an easy one. No, not going to be easy. Carolina definitely could play some football. They did lose this weekend against the Chicago Bears, and. We'll get into some of that also. We got a lot to go over, guys. Third and three podcasts. You know what's up. We're doing it right now, right here. It's the neighborhood news action. And the first one is actually more of a question. It's to a time. And he will start after the bye week. The Dolphins are off this week. So, guys, right now with Miami at three and three, Fitzpatrick playing well. No Super Bowl aspirations. I'm not going to go that far, but maybe playoff aspirations, especially, you know, especially with that seventh seed that we always talk about. Miami's been looking really good lately. So to me, it seems like this was the plan all along, but the reaction by Ryan Fitzpatrick was kind of a shock, a surprise. So maybe he wasn't in on the deal. I don't really know, but overall, uh, Damien, starting with you, do you think that it is two a time right now? And for what reason do you think so? I think this may have been the plan all along, and maybe Ryan just wasn't in on it, like you said. 
it's because you're going into the bye week, so it gives you two weeks to get him fully implemented into the system to have, make sure that he's comfortable and just make sure you're not rushing him into anything, right? And he gets fully prepared for the Rams defense that he'll be facing in week eight. Um, so for Ryan Tannehill, or Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know they played the Dolphins at one point, but Fitzpatrick, for him, I feel like I can understand where he's coming from because he is playing well. Um, he does have a number of interceptions this year, but that's what you expect from Fitzpatrick. He's going to give you the good and the bad. It's been more good this year than bad. So yeah. I can see why he's like, okay, I've been balling. We're one game out of first place in the AFC East right now uh, for the first time in God knows how long we are in front of the New England Patriots right. in the division. So why bring me out now? So I definitely understand why. He probably feels like a starting pitcher. We're in the World Series right now. He probably feels like a starting pitcher who's balling and the manager comes out there to yank him. When he's, you know, in a no-hitter or something like that. So, mm. I understand why he feels that way. But you don't draft to a, a sudden old year. You just don't. So, I understand why he did it. And I think it was the plan the whole time. He had a bye week just right in the middle of the season. Definitely an interesting baseball analogy right there. And, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you don't draft the guy fifth overall, and we've seen it with Herbert. I mean, he probably would have been in at some point. Burrow obviously got in right away. So, yeah, I mean, again, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Nikki. It's not like the Dolphins were going to win the Super Bowl this year, you know, maybe make the playoffs, and they were doing well, and the fans were excited. But I'm sure they're excited for Tua and see what he's got. But do you think that they should do this now after their bye week, or should have maybe kept him on the sideline a little bit longer? Uh, what do you think? Yes, you play the kid now. You guys know how I feel. I'm with you, D. You don't draft them to sit him on the bench for the entire year, two years, three years. Just It's not that type of league anymore. Um, this probably was the plan all along. I'm sorry if it's mad. If they probably weren't going to clue you in on that. I get his frustration, but look, my thing... You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a great journeyman, but he's not their future. Tua is, so you know what, kid? Let's get some real gameplay action, and it's time to sink or swim. How else are you going to find out? Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you guys. With all that being said, you know, um, even if they did this a couple of weeks ago, he was going to get in at some point. We all knew that. We predicted during the season it was going to be sometime between weeks four and six, and here you go, coming up week seven, just a week off, uh, it is two at times. So, again, Miami not going to the Super Bowl this year. Time to see what they got with Tua. Uh, a couple of undefeated teams. The Titans remain undefeated along with the Seahawks and the Steelers. But Pittsburgh plays Tennessee this weekend. So, one of them will lose unless we have that un, you know unorthodox tie. We'll see about that. Don't know if that's going to happen. We're going to talk about that game later. Those poor Jets are still winless. They're the only remaining team that has not won a game in the NFL. Late news coming down. Antonio Brown could come back week nine with the Seattle Seahawks. They got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Their problem is not offense. It's defense. But, whoa. Okay, you add that guy to that team, Damian, and we're talking major problems way more than their Russell Wilson is already putting on people. But again, defense is their problem. So yeah, it's a, it's a good move to bring in that guy, obviously of that caliber. But um, I mean, if I was looking to bring in somebody, I would have looked on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely can see where you're coming from on that saying that defense is where they need to help. Uh, to, ironically, the guy that probably can help them the most is a former teammate of theirs. And Earl Thomas, who's out there just, you know, 
whistling in the wind right now. Mm, but good call. As far as their offense, you're right. The passing game doesn't need help. DK Metcalf is a great deep threat. You have the connection to how Lockett, don't forget more as well. So they have weapons on the outside. Their running game is good. Now, of course, Antonio Brown, he seems like a guy that would stay in shape, stay ready. So he probably will add to the offense right away. And it's a low-risk deal. You know you're going to sign him saying, that, hey, you do one thing wrong, it's over. And this is your absolute last chance. So you would think you would come in on his P's and Q's, not doing anything wrong, just ready to play football. So I can see why you would take the risk because it's so it's such a low risk and it could be a very high reward for them. But like you said, it's not what they need. But at this point, maybe you're just trying to keep it with the Joneses. You see Kansas City adding Le'Veon Bell. Maybe you're like, okay, this may be a team we see in the Super Bowl. Maybe right. you can match weapons with weapons there. Right. I think that's a great call right there. They're a team that definitely has Super Bowl aspirations like the Chiefs who look to be the front runner in the AFC right now. So that's what I'm thinking <clears throat> to contend with the big boys down at the end and especially Kansas City. If they do happen to match up, they got as much firepower if as Kansas City, if not more now, if they do go ahead and sign Antonio Brown. Nikki, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's what it how else would you take that? That seems like what they want to do, match firepower for firepower. Not that they don't have a high-powered offense, but if they're going to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, that's what I would take this move as. Um, how long do you guys think before Antonio Brown does slip up, though? Like, if you don't see how how long do you give him? Does he go the whole season without an incident? Does he go two, three games? Like, what do you guys give him? Well, I'll tell you, Damien, I agree with you. You mentioned um, when you were speaking about this that he would be on his P's and Q's, and I I feel like he was going to do that in New England, and I feel like he will do that in Seattle as much as he possibly can. Yeah, like I think in New England, all his past caught up to him. He didn't get a chance to be on his P's and Q's, really. Um, So this time, with all the past progressions or all those things they did in the past, in the past, I think that he would be able to last the rest of the year. Now, this is Antonio Brown. So, you're right, Nikki. We don't know. It could be week the third game and he goes and does something crazy. But like I said, if he does something crazy, you cut him. And there's no, like I said, it's going to be a very low risk reward. It's not going to be a high cap hit. There's no penalty for cutting him. So, you sign him. If he is on his P's and Q's, he's still very talented. Even with the time off, he's probably still a top 10 wide receiver. That's how talented Antonio Brown is. So, why not take the risk? Yeah, I guess it's a no-lose situation, like you said before. You know, if it, if it's going wrong, if he's doing whatever, then you know what? You just cut him because he'll be, you know, contracted on an incentive-laden deal, probably a million dollars and then a whole bunch of incentives. So we'll see going forward. Uh, real quick, 49ers, we all know the injury problems they have right now. Raheem Mostert it looks like he's headed back to the IR. Uh, 49ers trade to the <laughs> for the Jets. I didn't know they had any good players left, but – Jordan Willis, the linebacker, he's more of a pass-rushing linebacker. We don't know the 49ers have been lacking that this year without Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Steve Ford, and so on and so forth. So let's see if that helps out. For your team, Damian, Michael Thomas should be back this week. Uh, No more injury, no more discipline. So let's get ready to see. He's not going to break that record, obviously, but they need him right now, and I think that's a big deal. Lastly, I wanted to ask you guys and – you know, look, there's a lot of great ones out there, but based off of what we've been seeing lately and what we know from last year and even the year before that, Derrick Henry is an absolute beast, and he just might be the best running back in the game. I don't know how many you get to before you get to Derrick Henry, but even though he's not a big pass-catching guy, guys, Nikki, I, 
I, I think that I would probably take him before anybody. Maybe Alvin Kamara is up there. Um, maybe Aaron Jones. I, I don't know. There's a few guys, but Derrick Henry is an is a monster. Oh my God, he's such a beast. Like and he's just like a cool cat, right? Like he gets on the field, you don't know what he's gonna do. He'll stiff arm you, truck you over. Like you just don't know what this guy's gonna give you. So. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, maybe there's one or two guys, but, but no, probably not. I'm probably taking Derek Henry. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Steve? Yeah, he's definitely right there at the top with Christian McCaffrey. Of course, when McCaffrey's healthy, do you think about a guy who can carry your offense? It's Derek Henry does that, you know, literally by carrying the ball. And like you mentioned, can get this stiff arm, can run you over. And then if, you, if the hole's big enough, you can't catch him. Like, usually when a guy's that big and he chucks you and disarm you, he's not going to just break it for 94 yards. But Derrick Henry can also do that because he's fast. It's unreal the talent this guy has. It really is unbelievable. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about more. Obviously, we got the games to break down right now. So let's get to our Week 6 ranting recap. Our records, first of all, uh, this is the first time that Damian has not had a winning week, but it's not a losing week. He went 7-7, seven and seven, and he's still triple-locked for the third week in a row. So, well done there, Damien. Nice job. Well done. Nikki? Thank you, thank you. This week was a little rough, though. I was like, this, this was definitely a rough week for me. It, it, look, it, it was a rough week uh, for everybody, really. I mean, uh, none of us had wonderful records, uh, but Nikki won up on 8-6, and six, had one lock come through. It was a little tough right there. It was a weird week, but he finished at 8-6, and six, and... I squeaked in there at nine and five. It was that last game, Arizona Dallas, who's going to win, and Arizona thumped them. Talk about that one too, obviously. So I only double locked, but um, again, the record nine and five. Uh, so again, we're all close over there. And speaking of that game, let's go to Arizona Dallas right now. First one that we're going to break down: Arizona thirty-eight, Dallas ten. Damian, what do you say about this one? Even when Kyler Murray is bad, Dallas can't win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he didn't play his best game, that's for sure. I'll totally agree on that one. I will totally agree. There's no doubt. Nikki, what do you got for this one? Well, I said Arizona should file a petition to return to the NFC. <laughs> 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 Not bad. Yeah, that's the division they can win pre- pretty easily, probably. Uh, I just said, how about them? Whatever. Nothing. Cowboys suck. They're terrible. Two and four. How about them? Nothing. Here we go. Denver, 18 to 12 over the New England Patriots. And guys, what I want to say is practice. We talking about practice? Not, not the game. Practice. They need practice. They haven't been able to. They need to do it. They need to get Cam on there and get back together because that was a bad look at home losing to Denver on Sunday, Damian. Yeah, for me, I said third and three was right about Denver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's right. Look at us. Road road winning uh, and uh, Fox Four over there. I love it. All right, Nikki, what do you got? It's a Cam Yep, it made me half blind, but uh, you know, pretty cool. <laughs> Next, we got it was a big division game, but as usual, Pittsburgh comes out on top against Cleveland, thirty-eight to seven. 
And, uh, geez, Nikki, what do you got to say about this game? Ooh, ooh, all right. She's going harsh right now. She's going harsh, ready to bench Baker. <laughs> all right, D, what do you got? The You know what? They look pretty freaking good right now, undefeated. All I'm saying right now is even though I told you the Browns are going to be better, they are, they're 4-2, but they are not ready for primetime, guys. Not at all. Next up, we have Baltimore, 30, against Philadelphia, 28. This really was a blowout, but Philly made it a game at, a game at the end. And I just got to say to that, guys, is Philly, you're so silly thinking you can come back on the Ravens. Really? So give me a break right there. Didn't happen. Damien, what do you got for this Baltimore-Philly game? Uh, Philly, you got heart, but you don't got talent. Oof, oof, there you go. At, at least he gave you a compliment with heart right there. What do you say, Nick? I said forget the Philly special. How do you like that Baltimore special? And they even made it a double for you, Philly. You're two cracker cakes in there. We're ready. You got the Baltimore special. You try to go for two, but sorry. You don't do that on the Ravens. No, you don't do that. That did not seem to work out. So uh, too bad for them right there. My goodness. All right, next game, Atlanta getting their first win, 40-23 to over the Minnesota Vikings. Guess Atlanta won't get Trevor now. Very, very interesting. And there's the Viking horn going off as they are in a lot of trouble there. <laughs> Damien, what do you got for this game, Atlanta's first win? Right? Unbelievable. Hey, he still did pretty good in fantasy, even though he had three interceptions. He had three touchdowns and over 300 yards. But still that team, my goodness, Nikki. What do you think? Um, I said, well, it was like 38 degrees here Sunday night, so I think I was hell freezing over. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Love it. Love it. All right. The Detroit Lions finally got a big win. 34 to 16 over the Jacksonville Jaguars, Damien. How about that? Yeah, I didn't have anything to say about this game because I just realized Detroit won. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they pulled one out. They pulled one out. I will say that DeAndre swiftly became the Lions' featured guy, and it's about time they started freaking using him. They were not using him the right way, barely at all, and I think now he's going to really help out. Nikki, what do you got for this Detroit-Jacksonville game? A swift win for the Lions. Indeed it was. Well done. Well done. Nikki, let's go back to you with this thumping and disgusting, ridiculous thing that happened in New Jersey, New York. Miami 24 to nothing over the freaking Jets. What do you say, Nick? Broadway jokes get it trending. Like, the ineptitude of them is just beyond comical at this point. <laughs> I just can't even watch it. I don't know how you can. I don't know either. There could be a case out there. You know, I'm I'm wondering right now. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, this tanking for Trevor sort of deal or whatever you got going on. But, Damien, what do you say? <laughs> For those of you illiterate ones out there, he was spelling trash. All right, just wanted to get that in there. Yes, cheerleader in me. 
appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. For me, I have to say that the league should consider contracting the Jets out of football altogether. My God. Oh, God. Right? No kidding. Hey, real quick, round the table. Uh, Nikki, first, if the Jets were to get the first round pick, which it looks like they're going to, are you done with Darnold and you go to Lawrence? Kind of seems like he almost pushed into it in a way, but that's. Yeah, you kind of are. How do you not do that? I, yeah, I don't know, Damian. It's again. It's well. I mean, it is the quarterback problem now because Donald isn't even healthy, and he hasn't been healthy throughout his short career already. So that could be a sign of things to come. So maybe you do go after Trevor. I think the real question is: Does Trevor stay in school? Ah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Maybe you can pull some Archie Manning strings. I don't know. Let's see if that's possible. Let's see. You never know. You never know. Wow. To not go to the New York Jets. How about that? All right. Hey, rewind five time. You guys ready to get into that bad boy? Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's do it. Here we go. Awesome game. Maybe the best of the weekend. Tennessee wins 42-36 to in overtime. This was King Henry's coronation celebration, whatever you want to call it. And here's the deal, guys. If you, if you didn't know, if you didn't watch the game, the Texans are up seven points. They score a touchdown. They're up seven with a minute 50 left to go. What they did was they went for the two-point conversion. They missed. So now they're up seven where they could have kicked the extra point like normal people do and go up eight. But I guess because they're having such a crappy year, they went for it all and tried to put it out of reach at nine points. Did not work out. Tennessee drove down the field, scored a touchdown, went to overtime, scored a touchdown there again, Derrick Henry. So that backfired on them very quickly, Damian. And again, it's almost like we were talking about last week with Seattle and Minnesota. But in this situation, uh, do you want to win the game and let your defense go out there with under two minutes left and try to make just one stop on these guys? Or... Do you agree with going up by nine and because of the lost season? Yeah, I actually agree with the decision. I see a lot of people coming and slamming Romeo Cornell for going for two. But look at that defense and what they were doing throughout the game. So if you go up by eight, what's the guarantee that you're going to stop Derrick Henry from getting two yards for two-point conversion? There's none. He, like, he ran for 212 yards for a reason because the Texans couldn't stop him at all. So honestly, I think if they kick the field goal, and go by eight. You still have the same result. I think that Tennessee still scores. They get the two-point conversion. So instead of losing 42 to 36, you lose 43 to 37. I think it would have been the same exact thing. Um, as far as the game for Tennessee, I'll be worried about Tennessee side about the defense. Houston does have some weapons. But the fact that they were able to go up and down the field and score like they, they were able to do would be a little worrisome for a team that right now has simple aspirations in Tennessee. But for Houston, I'm not – you're one and four at the time. Let's try to get this win. Our defense sucks. We can't stop their camera to save our lives. Let's go up by nine and make it to where they have to get an onside kick to try to win this game. Right. Yeah, I mean, you certainly make a valid point, no doubt about it. Again, if they were a 3-3 three and three team, I don't know if they make that decision, but <clears throat> they went for it, they gave it a shot. And the only thing I would say to a rebuttal for that, and I'll throw it to Nikki, 
just so we make sure we get this rewind five in in this segment, is that Derrick Henry would not be running the ball with under a minute, with under two minutes left to go so much they'd be passing, which they can do, of course, but that takes Henry a little bit out of the game and makes it a little bit tougher knowing that Tennessee's got to throw the ball. So, Nikki, in that situation, in that game overall, give me your quick thoughts. Yeah, look, sometimes the only way to beat Derrick Henry is to try to outscore him. So, I kind of get the decision. I don't blame them. They are the inferior team. But look, this game is over. You saw it on the show. Watson State's overtime. He called tails. It went ahead. He knew it was getting back on the field. Yeah. All right. Yep. You play the you never know game and hindsight's twenty twenty, but it was what it was. Tennessee remains undefeated. Going to our next rewind five game. Indianapolis was down big time against Cincinnati, but Indy came back, won thirty one to seven over the river and through the Ohio Bridge to the win column they go. Indy stealing one against Cincinnati, Damian. What are your thoughts? Yeah, great comeback by Philip Rivers. I think he heard all of us talking. And yeah. Hey, you know the hell with you guys. I still got something left in his arm. I'm not going back to watch my kids just yet. <laughs> and, uh, and to make sure. And let me do a side thing right now. Who, who made the graphic showing that Joe Burrow had zero kids and Paul Rivers had nine? Oh God! Like who? Who was I? Who was I deal with that to make that graphic? Uh, it's like come on. <laughs> I know. It's like. <laughs> He ended up having a great game. Um, they needed it, and he came around when it counted, Nikki. Yeah, I mean, so how bad is it that for Cincinnati, okay, this is considered progress to get a 21-point lead to have Rivers fucking come back and just blow you out? Like, are you taking notes from Atlanta? Like, what is going on? But that's considered progress for this team. So does this comeback say more about Indy, or does it say more about Cincinnati? Ah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Maybe it says a little bit about both. That's the cop-out answer right there. But uh, all credit to, to Rivers, I definitely give it. And Cincinnati, yeah, you're going to have to learn how to be a complete football team, no question. Um, we got a few more games to get to. Let's go to Chicago beating Carolina, uh, much to my surprise, and I think all of our surprises a little bit, 23-16. to 16. You know what I'm going to say right now, guys? Give Matt Nagy the Coach of the Year award. How this team is 5-1 and one, Blows my mind, Damien. So I, I can't go through anything because the game was kind of disgustingly played. But Nick Foles made some pretty good throws toward the end when they needed to. And they held on to their lead. But Matt Nagy is doing something magical there somehow by them winning five in one games. And I don't care. You play you play on your schedule. Yes. Yeah, no, you have to take the Bears seriously as a contender. Five and one. That defense is for real. Because um, Carolina's offense has weapons there. Teddy Bridgewater's been playing great this year. And he's just found a connection with Robbie Anderson. Uh, Mike Davis has done a great job of substituting in for Christian McCaffrey. And that offense was shut down by the Bears. And the Bears are able to turn those turnovers into points. Well, for the most part, Nick Foles did make a bad throw after Mike Davis fumble. But they were able to turn those two interceptions from Teddy Bridgewater into immediate points. 
and it made it really hard for Carolina to move the ball. So if the defense is going to play like that, your offense is going to be in the game. And that's all you can ask for is to be in the game in the fourth quarter when your defense is playing like that. And you could be a contender come January. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Uh, look, at 5-1 and one right now, and, you know, hopefully, you know, for their sake, they can only get get better, Nikki. And, you know, at 5-1, and one, they're right there tied at the top of the division with the Green Bay Packers. How about that? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm just kind of still in disbelief they're 5-1. and one. So, like, I have to believe it because that's what it is. But it's like they don't look like it, right? Like, it's just kinda, no. I don't know. The defense is for real, but they don't really look like it to me. But I will say this. If they win any of their next three games, they got Rams, Saints, Titans. If they pull one of those out, I, I think we are looking at a true contender. Maybe so. You know, Nick Foles, he may not play great for the first three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, he seems to do something, you know, kind of magical, whatever it is. So, again, Chicago getting that win. Guys, we have four more games we're going to break down before we get to Mount Playa Playa, and that is MVP Mount Playa Playa, our top four each. We're going to go around, give you a fours, threes, twos, and ones. we got a lot more with Knowledge and Nikki, more sports trivia, whole lot of stuff coming up on the 3rd and 3 podcast. We are taking a 60-second break, and we'll be right back. Yes, we are continuing our music TV shows from back in the day. Doing a little Flintstone action over here. I was going to give you some Save by the Bell, but this Flintstones brings me back, man. Hell of a lot of fun. We're doing it over here on the third and three podcast. Nikki, Damien, and Jason, we're all with you right now. Football City. We got fantasy coming up. We got Mount Player Player coming up. We're going to finish up our week six games. We only got a few more, and then we got a whole lot more for you. So, guys, let's continue it. The Tampa Bay Green Bay game is not one that we expected to turn out the way it did. Uh, I did uh, pick the Bucks to win by not by that much. <laughs> so, uh, Green Bay goes up ten points, and then Tampa Bay scores thirty-eight unanswered. The Bucks went pirate style, stealing Captain Rogers' ship, basically, and. I, you know, pretty amazing, Nikki. It was, uh, again, not something that we all expected to see. Aaron Rodgers basically just fold in that game. Yeah, I took Green Bay, and I feel like I should have seen this coming. Like a pissed off Tom Brady, chip on his shoulder, feels like he has something to prove. Like I should have, uh, I feel like I should have saw that coming a little bit more. But I just want to shout out to that Tampa Bay defensive line because I feel like they don't get a lot of love and they're really starting to come together. So, you know, Sue, V to V, Barry, JPP, like, wish we had him back because he's got 25 sacks already on the season since he's been there. Um, they just had a stellar game for the Bucks, and I feel like they don't always get a lot of recognition. So just to shout them out. 25 sacks, eight fingers, but it don't matter. He's doing his job, no yeah. doubt. Oh, man. <laughs> D, what do you got to say about this game, man? Yeah, I was shocked. I was definitely shocked. And the way it started off, Green Bay looked like they were going to march their way to another victory. It looked like another easy victory. You had Aaron Rodgers 
um, imitating celebrations from a comedy skit show. It was all going good. And then, boom, pick six. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers very rarely ever throws a pick six. It was like seeing a, un- a unicorn in the wild or seeing <laughs> Bigfoot. You know, it, was, <laughs> it definitely was crazy to see. And then threw another one that was pretty much a pick six. Like, it got him down to, like, the two-yard line, and he ran the ball in. Right. So, in the throw, two very bad interceptions that that were pretty much pick sixes is something that you rarely see. And he definitely looked shook after that. And yes. Definitely go to what Nikki said about that defensive line, that front seven. They were definitely providing that pressure. And Todd Bowles, who is the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, was the head coach for the Jets. And people thought maybe he was the head coach material. Maybe it looks like he's just the organization for the Jets. And it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should look at him again for another head coaching job pretty soon in the organization that's not trash. And maybe he'll do all right. Um, so, yeah, I just got to give all respect to the Buccaneers defense. If I was a Packers fan, I would follow the advice of Aaron Rodgers from a couple of years ago. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Yeah, relax. Just a bad game. One game. You play against a good team. They got rolling, and you just couldn't get the wheels to stop. On yep. this one, but I don't think it's something to worry about. Look, even great teams have bad days. It does happen. So, you know what? It is what it is. But Green Bay is still a tough team. And Aaron Rodgers is still a great quarterback. So, we're not going to get carried away over here. We're going to go to Kansas City. 26 points. They put up against Buffalo 17 in Buffalo. The Bills need to beat the big boys before becoming big boys, guys. You know, they lost a couple of matchups here now, and you lose to Kansas City at home the way they did. I feel like they got beat even more. Clyde Edwards-Solaire is unbelievable. So is Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Uh, Things that Tyron Matthew does on defense, Chris Jones, what he does. They're a full team, and they're just really, really tough, and they're even getting better on defense holding the Buffalo Bills to 17 points when they were scoring 30 left and right, guys. So, uh, Damian, uh, your thoughts on this game with Kansas City uh, keeping it moving and Buffalo moving back a little bit? Yes, it definitely was. It's a Super Bowl champion showing that they can win in different ways. So, Buffalo, what they did was, we're not going to let you just go up and down the field on us passing the ball. We're going to make you either take short passes or run the ball. And Kansas City was like, okay. By Eric Solaire, it's your day. And yep. he just ran the ball down Buffalo's throat the whole time. And for Buffalo, offensively, they need to do better. I understand it was raining, but that goes to your advantage. You're the team that's supposed to be used to the tough weather, cold, rainy, snowy. You're in Buffalo. That should be to your advantage. And Kansas City came there and act like that's what their environment's like instead of you. And Josh Allen, you can't take that quantum leap until you beat good team. Yeah. You definitely have to be able to do it against the best. So for Buffalo, they're still a very good team. Still lead the AFC East. I still have some favorites to win the AFC East. But to be a true football contender, you do have to go into these type of games and be able to play any different type of style matchups and win. Yep, no doubt about it. They, and you know what? They're struggling in the running game, and that's something they need to fix. So, you know, it, it, I, I don't know what they're going to do about that, but um, you know, Nikki, Kansas City, 26-17 over Buffalo. What do you think about your Bills now? Oh, God. The Chiefs didn't even add uh, Le'Veon Bell yet. Like, God. How <laughs> much more firepower does this team need? Um, yeah, no, the Bills, like you said, look, Kansas City is a really good team. I, you can't beat yourself up for losing um, when you're playing them, but 
Chiefs put up 245 rushing yards on 46 attempts, which is the most ever for an Andy Reid offense in his 22-year head coaching career. So, you know what? I don't know, Buffalo, you got to maybe just take a step back, kind of look at things, and, you know, I think they got to retool a little bit. But they obviously still have a good shot at winning their division. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is just free phenomenal what a player what a pickup just amazing and it couldn't have come at a better time with uh, Damian Williams you know uh, opting out of the season all right we got two more games Nikki it's our games first your New York Giants getting their first win when Washington scored a touchdown decided to go for two points and missed it I have no problem with Washington going for two points they're way out of it obviously playing against the Giants they want to get that win yeah, maybe possibly get into the division race somehow, if that is even all, at all possible. So, uh, Nikki, your thoughts first. This was your game. What did you see out of your Giants? And how long were you holding your breath on that two-point conversion, Troy? <laughs> I, oh, my God. Look, doesn't you think this division can't get any worse? Here come my Giants, right? And now, we, now we really get a win, and we're really jamming up the division now. But yet, Washington still might be able to win. I don't know. I mean, it's such a garbage, this division. Maybe we'll beat the Eagles tomorrow night. Um, I was happy. Look, I'm still very concerned about Daniel Jones and the ball security. I was not sure how that two-point conversion was going to go. I'm very happy the defense stood up and denied them. But I get the call. Again, like I said, you're the inferior team. You got the inferior defense. I get trying to just kind of put that game away if you can. Um, but I'm going to keep it positive. There were some good things that I saw. I am happy for the win. Maybe I should pick my team more often. Um, but I was happy to see it, and it felt really damn good because it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it does. It puts a smile on the face. You know, it doesn't matter how you win. You win the ball game, great, awesome. Nothing else matters. Damien, I know that you know that feeling. I know that feeling. What would you make of the Giants getting their first win against the Washington football team? Yeah, the first thing that came to mind is the New York Giants are one game out of first place in the uh, NFC. <laughs> yep, that's very true. <laughs> one in five. Um, yeah, and I definitely, I was happy for Nikki when I saw that they won. And it's, if you got a chance to win a division, hey, go for it. You know, so they definitely should continue to try to win. Uh, and, of course, every team does, you know, taking this organizational, but um, they should continue to try to win. And, for Daniel Jones, you know, he might have, you know, in a way, inadvertently saved himself another year as a starter, right? Because yeah. you think about the fact that the Jets are on that track to be the number one overall pick. That means that the Giants won't be able to get Trevor Lawrence. Daniel Jones gets another year. So he might have saved himself the starting job with the Giants, if you think about it. Yeah, that's not a bad point, man. Interesting. <laughs> That is not a bad point at all. That makes a lot of sense right there. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants, look, I'm happy for them. Um, wasn't, you know, the, the you know, greatest game ever played, a little sloppiness, but whatever. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They got the job done and you got to be happy for them. So take it for what it's worth. And my 49ers uh, in this game over here, look, they played like they're supposed to play. We're back, full squad, full playbook. Everything was open. And they were running the plays they ran last year, which made me extremely happy, you know, doing their, you know, obviously motion before the snap and all that. 
Jimmy G was good on his reads. Things really worked out. They played a full game. Defense looked great, despite, again, not having all our guys out there. So this was a get-right game, and they got right against a 4-1 and team in the Rams in our division. There's nothing that, that that's a great win right there. And the, again, the way they looked, I felt positive the whole game. I was never nervous, not even once. Because you can tell sometimes the way that a game is going to go on the first drive. And, you know, the way that it looked to me, they had it all going, Damian. So the 49ers, am I going to go ahead and say they're back, you know, 100%? No, I'm not going to say that. But you know what? Looked pretty damn good doing what we've been doing. So I am happy. not looking like himself the week prior. You have the Rams who have been playing great. Now the Rams, they're all their wins haven't come against the best competition. So it starts to make you wonder about them. Are they really as good as we think they are going into these next few weeks? And for San Francisco, if they're starting to get the ball rolling now, does that NFC championship experience come in now? Where you're like, okay, we know how to win. This will find a different way to do it. So I think that 49ers fans should be happy about this win, and Rams fans should be a little worried. Yeah, you know what? You bring out a good point with the Rams. You know, they again, against the good teams, they haven't looked so great. You know, they tried coming back against the Bills, didn't happen. So, yeah, that, that's an interesting point. They're still 4-2, and two, so they got a lot to go. But, Nikki, the 49ers said, you know what? This is home, and we're going to defend it. This is Sparta! They took care of business, and uh, look, three and three, I'm not mad about it. Long season ago, but uh, yeah, the 49ers got back to what they were supposed to do. Yeah, nice, right? It's nice to see your team kind of get back to what you know they should look like. I was definitely surprised, but listen, you guys handled your business, and that's what you should do, and that's what we expect out of the 49ers. You got it. You got it. So San Fran back on track. The Giants get their first win. That is the week six ranting recap as we are ready to move on to Mount Playa Playa. And as we said before, we're talking MVPs. We got four of them as Mount Playa Playa does go. And we're all going to name our top four. We're going to start at four and get to one. We'll see what we got. I'm very curious to see what you guys have. Nikki, if you'd like to start it out with your number four MVP in Mount Playa Playa, who do you got right now? All right. My number four, I feel like there's a lot of ways you could go here, but uh, I'm going to go Big Ben. And I know I probably could have gone Brady, Rogers, and they're not on my list. Um, but let me just say, I think that Big Ben is quietly having one hell of a season. Um, and his odds for winning MVP are plus 25. So there's some money to be made there for all you betters out there. Um, I I really think Ben is consistent and always delivering a winning season for the most part. He seems always in playoff contention. They contend every single year, mostly. Um, did you know that Big Ben has never been named 
all-pro first or second team. Like, I feel like he just doesn't get the recognition because when you watch him play, it's like, oh, you know, he's just doing Ben things. Well, no, that takes a lot of talent, and not every quarterback can do it. You know, he's just that backyard gunslinger. He takes a beating and still manages to extend the play and completely shred up defenses. Um, I don't know if it's the market he plays in. Probably has something to do with that. Um, and his defense usually gets all the love. So I just want to give a shout out. Big Ben. I'm not a Steelers fan, but I want to give credit where credit's due. So if he won MVP, I ain't mad at it. One for the old man. Nikki, great minds. Think alike. I also have Ben Roethlisberger at number four. I can't believe you did. I can't wait to hear what Damien has, but I also have him. Look, you change your quarterback and you change the outcome. 11 touchdowns, one pick. He's been very accurate this year. The team is 5-0. and And again, look what happens. Look where they were at last year. Still with the same team, just different quarterback. You bring him in. That's what's called the most valuable player. He's that valuable where he changes the entire, uh, you know, aroma of that team and, and everything and the way they feel and knowing they have a quarterback out there and the defense can play that much harder. Roethlisberger, to me, definitely deserves recognition. He's my number four. Nikki, I totally agree with you. Damien, what's your number four, bro? My number four is a little bit off the radar. I went with Derek Carr. Really? Oh. So when you look at what the Raiders are doing this year, they're three and two, and they're coming off a win against Kansas City, right? So I think that's going to really turn that season around. And looking at his stats, he's thrown for 1,442 yards, over eight yards per attempt, which is made for him because he's been known as a big and dumb guy, someone who doesn't get the ball downhill. And that, this year has changed. And I think that's been a big part of their turnaround. He has 11 touchdowns, only one interception. He is known for being able to take care of the ball, but normally he takes care of the ball because he's not going downfield. This year he's taking care of the ball and going downfield. I'm still completing 73% of his passes. So I think that Derek Carr should get some consideration in the MVP race if they continue to do what they're doing. Very, very interesting. Yeah, that's the name that really didn't pop into mind, but uh, he certainly, you know, Josh Jacobs, you can say all you want. He's fantastic, but Carr is your quarterback, and he's been looking good. Look, out dueling Patrick Mahomes. Not bad right there. Very interesting. All right, Nikki, you're number three. My number three is Derrick Henry. Um, would this be the year that a non-quarterback actually wins? I think it might be if he keeps um, it hasn't happened since 2012, and it's only happened two times since 2006. But like we just said, he's an absolute beast. You never know what you're going to get on the field for, um, from him. And he, like you guys said, he literally is carrying the scene. He carries the offense. If you take him out, what does that team look like? Are they as good and as dominant as they are with him? Um, I think if he keeps up this level of play, he should be in serious consideration. I'm blown away right now. Nikki, I have the same thing again. Derrick Henry at number three. I I do. And again, guys, we we don't rehearse, obviously. Did not know this was happening. 
I mean, look, Derrick Henry, number three, I, I'm big time on him as an MVP candidate, no doubt. I doubt he'll win it unless he goes for 2,000 yards. But listen, the defense focuses on him, and it doesn't even matter. He leads the league in rushing right now with 588 yards, and they missed a game, <laughs> you know, Tennessee, which will which they'll make up. He's averaging 117 yards per game. The guy is phenomenal. He runs over you, through you, around whatever you want he is the ultimate running back. You just don't want to overuse him. You'd like to get somebody else in there to help out a little bit, but he gets stronger and stronger as the game goes on. And to me, the Titans, there's no way they're undefeated without Derrick Henry, not a shot in the world. All right. So he is so valuable to that team. He helps the defense out by giving them rest. So that's valuable. Nikki, we are so in sync right there. Ben Roethlisberger at four, Derrick Henry at three. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Okay. So, Damien, it's your turn. You're number three. I also had Derrick Henry. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> yep, there you go. Trifecta City. All right. Yeah, no doubt. There's there's no question about it. I mean, you know, like when a- when Adrian Peterson was, you know, in line uh, for stuff like that uh, for MVP, you know, they just always end up giving it to a quarterback. But you got to look at the whole team. No doubt. Wow. Loving it right now. It's amazing. Nikki, if we have the same exact list, I'm going to go nuts. So your number two is probably going to determine it because I think I know what your number one is. So I'm look- sure we all know what my number one yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my- can't take it. Is that your number two as well? Yes, it is my number two. It is Patrick Mahomes. Take it away, Nikki. I'm dumbfounded right now. I cannot believe this. <laughs> I don't have much to say about Pat Mahomes. He's a quarterbacking god, and Andy Reid is the play-calling messiah. And didn't we talk about this last week, how you could take a good player on an okay team with an okay organization, and they're still going to shine? Um, like if he was on the Jets, of course you're still going to see his talent. But look, uh, he he has such an amazing supporting cast around him that they literally bring out the absolute best in him. And I would even reverse that. We talk about Mahomes on another team. Well, what does Kansas City look like with um, the Sam Darnold or Dwayne Haskins or Daniel Jones or Nick Foles? So what does that look like? So he's definitely my number two. Yeah, listen, again, I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll just expound upon that. Patrick Mahomes, look, he's got Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. The other guys he throws to, you know, Sammy Watkins is somewhat reliable, but he makes everybody better. There's no doubt about it. He's that type of quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, he could be number one, but there's another guy up there that we're probably going to mention. But, you know, don't sleep on the importance to his team. The team is 5-1 and one right now. He has 1,700 passing yards, 15 touchdown passes, to one interception, and his completion rate is 66%. What more do you want? They're a winning team, defending Super Bowl champions, defending MVP of the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes does it all, has got it all, and you're right, Nikki. You can insert maybe two or three quarterbacks, and they would come close to what Patrick Mahomes is doing in Kansas City. So, Damian, 
And me and Nikki are just sharing a brain uh, with this whole thing right here. What do you got for two? Yeah, you have to have Patrick Mahomes on your list. I have my number two as well. Uh, all the things that you guys mentioned, the fact that you know, TD to interception ratio is 15 to 1, just crazy. And what he's able to do as far as just improvising and keeping plays alive shows how valuable he is. There's a lot of times this year where defenses are not able to catch up to what Kansas City is doing, but then, boom, Patrick Mahomes makes something happen, which that's the difference. Yep. Right when after you have a year like this, and you know these coordinators in the NFL get paid money for a lot of you know for a reason, they're very smart. You know what to do. So they're able to stop the initial reads or the initial plays, and then back Mahomes runs around. Next thing you know, he's hitting Tyreek Hill right down the field. So you have some up there, and he's amazing at what he does. He is. There's no doubt. He was your number two. I'm I'm assuming is what you're saying. He's number two also. All right, look at us. Look at it again. You know, maybe it's because we do the show together. I don't know what it is, but we're very in sync right now. And, yeah, Pat Mahomes obviously belongs in the conversation, and he probably will for the rest of his playing career. Let's get to number one. For us, we know where, where Nikki is going for sure, so why doesn't she just say it and glamorize about it? My boy, Russell Wilson. Get this man a vote, would you? Oh, my God. Of course I was going, Russell Wilson. Number one. And you know what? Vegas betting odds, he is the number one favorite right now. You wouldn't make any money on him. He's lost a little bit of value there, but he hasn't lost value in Seattle. And you know what, Vegas? You could thank the 33 podcast for jumping on the Russell Wilson MVP train in June, and we'll take some free nights at the Bellagio um, <laughs> for getting on board. Thank you. No freaking doubt. And you know what? Just to go even further, Russell Wilson is playing with the worst defense in the league, or at least one of them right now, especially by stats. We talked about it. His completion percentage is 73, 73% throwing 1,500 yards, leads the league with 19 touchdowns. He's got three picks. One of them certainly wasn't his fault uh, Another in a, wet, in a wet game that happened, a wet ball game, raining. He does everything for this offense, and God knows he gets Antonio Brown, how much more his numbers will increase. But what he does with the guys that he has and the way he makes all the plays, and we've gone over it on the show a million times, so I won't regurgitate it, but Russell Wilson – Definitely my number one. And what blows me away more than anything is that we have the exact same list, Nikki. I cannot believe that. I, I mean, really, because there's, so, there's other candidates out there I want to mention real quick after Damien gives his number one. But, wow. Yeah, Russell Wilson, number one. Damien, do you concur? No, I do not concur. Ooh. Uh, my, oh. <laughs> my number one is – no, I was joking. I just wanted to have some suspense. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, you had me going, bro. You did. <laughs> no, my number one is Russell Wilson as well. Um, his close personal friends call him Carrollton, you know, his middle name. And what we get to <laughs> see is that he's just amazing. He's amazing at what he does. All the things you guys mentioned as far as him making plays, the deep balls that he's able to throw. And this year we're seeing him at his best because they're throwing the ball more. So hopefully they continue to do that. They don't try to handcuff him by becoming a team that runs the ball each first and second down, continue to let Dangerous do his thing, and I think he'll win this year. Yep, yep, uh, we, yep. We all do right now. We called it like you said, Nikki. But way back in June, it's it's Russell Wilson time, and and it certainly is. He's been doing his thing. Um, 
Before we jump to knowledge with Nikki, and uh, we got a few other topics, obviously, we want to talk about just a few other names that we could have thrown out there. You know, Aaron Rodgers didn't get one vote from any of us, and I had him fifth. I was going to pick him. Look, he makes all the right decisions, but, you know, he does have a lot of help. He's got a very good offensive line. He's got Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Devontae Adams when he's there. So he's had help in the running game. You know, the pack of four and one, he's completing 65% of his passes, uh, 13 touchdowns, two picks. And this has nothing to do with what happened last week and the stink that he put up against uh, the Bucs. I, I would have had him in there, uh, had him lower anyway. But he's a guy you could definitely look at. You know what else you could look at? A rookie, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's a guy that has been also carrying a team along with Patrick Mahomes. Alvin Kamara, I thought about. Defense, it was hard for me to go anywhere with T.J. Watt. He came to mind. But, yeah, no votes for Aaron Rodgers, and uh, he could be there at the end of the year. But did you have another one in mind or two, uh, both of you guys, that you were thinking about it on the fence with? Um, for me, Aaron Rodgers definitely one I went back and forth with. Um, ben Roethlisberger was one that I went back and forth with as well. But I just wanted to give Derek Carr a shout-out because I know that he's not going to be on most people's list. Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty good. I like that. I like the Derek Carr when that came out of nowhere. No question. Let me ask you guys both a quick question with a couple of minutes left in the segment. This came up on the show Saturday night, and I posed it. It would you trade Julio Jones? You're Atlanta. Would you trade Julio Jones for two first round draft picks, Damian? He's getting older. He's been having a lot of injuries and, you know, two first round picks. Uh, you know, one of the guys said no out of out of the four of us, but uh, most of us were in agreement on that one, Nikki. And yeah, Julio Jones, you get two first round picks and college players. They seem to get better and better. And and who knows what they can get. And they've already got Calvin Ridley out there, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, they'll need to add more. But like Damien said, they need to rebuild. So would you go along with this? sure and just like you guys said I mean they do have other weapons out there Julio Jones does look like his old self so of course you know it's going to be value there yeah shit if you're giving me two number one draft picks I'm trading them yeah yeah I, I would think that would be almost a definite I was surprised to hear just a, a couple of no's one from the audience and then uh one from uh from easy over there but uh yeah I would definitely do that especially if you're Atlanta I don't know if that would be posed as a trade maybe a first and a second I don't know what it is but yeah, it's something I would definitely look into. Second round draft picks are also, uh, they do pretty damn good. All right, listen, third and three podcast with Jason, Damien, and Nikki. We're talking all NFL. We got a little fantasy coming up for you. But first, we got knowledge with Nikki as soon as we come back. And again, who knows which direction she's going with, but we can't wait and we'll find out. Sports trivia on the way. See you in 30 seconds. Whatever happened to the ability, the milkman, the paper boy, 
eight-man TV. Miss your old familiar friends waiting just around the bed. Everywhere that you look. It's a 33 podcast. Here we go. TV, sitcoms, movie, uh, shows, all that good stuff. We're doing Full House right now for Ashley. Definitely one that I enjoyed every Friday night. And then I think maybe it moved to another night, but whatever. Absolutely awesome, Nikki. Love the choices we got over here as we keep our music theme going. And we keep our NFL theme going, which is not a theme. It's what we do. NFL. But... Before we get back into more on the gridiron and we do our Freakies Fantasy Football Draft and make our Week 7 picks, we have one of the best moments, obviously, in all of 3rd and 3 podcasts, and it needs to get going right now. So let's get this bad boy hopping. You know what it's all about. It's Knowledge with Nikki time, Tricky Nikki G, making her appearance, doing her thing, squashing Damien and I, and I know she's ready to go. We're ready to go. We're going to give it our best shot, and let's introduce it. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of Tricky. Tricky Jeans. Tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is Tricky. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. The intro theme song for Tricky Nikki G over here. As we get into knowledge with Nikki, I can't wait. It is time. Who knows what she's got going on this week? Nikki, how are we feeling about this one? You think we're going to do all right? Yes. Yep. He got me. He did good. <laughs> no, well, don't be scared. So just doing something a little bit different. Uh oh. Sports. Um, keep it with the MVP theme. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you guys a year, and you tell me who the league MVP was. You each get five years from the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and a little more current. If you need a hint, I can either give you the team or the position. Okay, well, let's try without the hints, D. All right, so we're doing MVPs. I like it. Keeping along with the theme over here. All right, let's see what happens. Uh, Damien, were you f- you were first last week, I think, right? Yeah, I was first. You were first. Okay, so here I go, jumping right into it. Knowledge with Nikki. Looks like we got an MVP theme going here, and I am as ready as I will ever be. So, Nikki, let's do this thing. Nineteen seventy-two. Okay, I think that was the year the Dolphins went undefeated, but it doesn't mean they had the MVP. I am actually going to say Len Dawson. Hmm, okay, okay, tough one, tough one, all right, all right, 70s didn't do good for me, let's see how I do in the 80s. <laughs> okay, Jay, give me 
1982. I'm going to go with the first one. All right. Well, first one that popped to mind, but let me just think a little bit more. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm just going to have to go with the guy I thought of first, and that's going to be Marcus Allen. No. Damien, would you like to try to steal? Oh, 10. Yeah, that's a tough one. Wouldn't have got that bad, boy. All right. All right. MVP kicker. How about that one? Jeez. Maybe I should have known that. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on to the 90s, Jay. You ready? I am. 1991, please. 1991. Um, I don't think he wanted that year. Let's see. Um, could it have been? Could it have been Thurman Thomas? It was. Oh, right. All right. I feel good. Good. All right. <laughs> Check. Okay, um, let's, uh, it's not the right year. Um, I'm sorry, give me one more second here. 19, uh, 2002. Why can't I think who went to the... Alright, hold on. I know I'm on a time limit. 2002. The MVP of 2002 was... LaDainian Tomlinson. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, good call. Hey, a little bit. You know how I get. You know, I, I knew it wasn't. I was thinking. I knew it was a year after, um, you know, either Kurt Warner or or uh, Marshall Falk. But damn, Rich Gannon. Yep. He had superior year. Okay, good job, Nikki. I got one out of four. Two thousand ten. Okay. Oh. Oh no. Um. Two 
MVP of 2010. Mm. I'm gonna go with. I'm not. I'm really not sure, but I'm gonna say Peyton. Ah, damn. I thought it may either be Brady or, or, uh, okay, there you go. Good questions. Should have done better, but, all right, good questions, Nick. All right, D, let's see what you got, man. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> you know, now it's funny. Now, I'm thinking it's the guy I said before, Len Dawson. No, I'm still... Brody. Oh, for the Niners. Oh, shoot. Yes. Wow, yeah. Okay, wow, Brody. Damn. He's actually wearing my number 12. You know, we, me and him got to talk about that. All right. In 1988, that could have been Joe Montana. It was not. It was Boomer Esiason. Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl that year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. All right, Dee, let's move on to the 90s. Can you give me 1998? 1998, NFL MVP. Mm-hmm. 98. Uh, a few different names come to mind. 98. Was it Jamal Anderson? It was not. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, gosh, I hope, 1998. Okay. Oh, boy. I don't know if it's the right year. Um... Son of a gun. Uh, could it have been Jamal Lewis? No, Terrell Davis. Oh, oh shoot. Uh, <laughs> see? Right. We get mad. Yeah, you get mad. It's very funny. All right, two, two more for you. How about 2005? Jay for the Steel in 2005. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 
2005. I should know this. 2005. MVP. Um. Alright, I'm just gonna have to come up with the name. I'm really trying here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. Um. Let's go with. No, it wasn't him. Stupid. Go, Goladini Tomlinson. I know Sean Alexander. Oh, damn. All right, Dave. This hurts. No. Yeah, I think I think I got it. it. Was it Cam Newton? It was Cam Newton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Super Bowl matchup that year. Nikki, I love this. This was a great three, a great theme. The MVPs. No, I, I like the idea overall. I think it was excellent. So, and very good questions. Very good. All right. Yeah, it was tough, you know, getting specific years and everything. And uh, yeah, a couple of twisters in there. But overall, very good job. All right. So I, re- I redeemed myself. I came back this week. All right. Excellent. Nikki. Two excellent. Nice job. As always. As always. Great job. Great job. That's Knowledge with Nikki brought to you by Knowledge with Nikki. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yep. Got. Yep. It's got to happen. Show us the money. Show us the money. I love it. Hey, time for freaky fantasy football draft. Here we go. Last week, um, I uh, Damian was in third. He had Fitzpatrick, Zeke, Adam Thielen, and Indy. Nikki in second with Big Ben, Singletary, Justin Jefferson, and the Patriots defense. And uh, I got first, really, mostly off of Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry doing their thing because Terry McLaurin and Carolina didn't help out a lot. So I won this week, and we're about to do our draft right this second, which means I go last, and Damian, you go first. We got our quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defense. Once we use them, we cannot pick them. We have our list in front of us, and we are ready to roll. Damian, any position you want out of the four to start it up. Yep. All right. Stole one of my quarterbacks quickly. That was a good job. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nick, you get your pick. All right. Well, I'll have to go with my backup choice. And I am going to take Matt Ryan against the Lions defense. Oh, okay. There you go. That's kind of smart thinking right there. Not bad. All right. My first pick. Um, I'm going to go running back first just because I'm having a bad feeling that somebody might take him. 
And with the way that they used him last week, I think they're going to keep using him and using him. And I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. So the Lions going up against Atlanta, as we just mentioned, I think that he can have a really big day. So for my running back, I'm going to go with Swift. All right. And I believe I get to come around, make another pick. And that will be, you know what? I can't, I, I can't do it. I, I have to take it right now. I'm going to have to take the Bills defense. They're going up against the Jets. I'm going to take the Bills defense. So, oh, yep. That Yep. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I guess the luxury of coming back with two. So, yep, DeAndre Swift at running back and the Bills defense is what I got so far. Damn, you took my running back. Damn you, Jay. You see, I told you. I knew somebody was going to take him. <laughs> I told you. I knew it. I got these instincts. I'm starting to know you guys better and better. <laughs> all right. Well, Nikki, you do get to make a pick. It's apparently not all the ones you wanted to, but you can go anywhere from running back to wide receiver to defense. Oh, my gosh. Well, then I guess I will go running back. And I will take Ronald Jones, and they are going up against the Raiders, who ranked 22 in rushing. So, Ronald Jones. Hey, not bad. I got him on one of my fantasy teams, and he's been money. So, that's a pretty good pick. Very well done. All right. Damien, you get a wraparound over here. You pick Josh Allen for your quarterback, and you're free to pick two more positions right now. All right, so I'm going to go running back here. I think that Cleveland has a bounce-back game against Cincinnati, so I'm going to Kareem Hunt. Mm, very good pick. I had him on my list, no doubt. Good one. All right. Now you can also do wide receiver or defense. All right, I'm going to go wide receiver here, and I think that he's due for a big game because he hasn't been able to play this year. Can't guard Mike. Ah. Well, the man is healthy. There's no doubt about it. He's ready to go. He wants to get on the field. So, yeah, I would expect big things out of him. We'll see. We'll see if the usage goes down or whatever. But Mike Thomas coming back, number one wide receiver maybe in the whole league. Nikki, you can choose between wide receiver and defense. Well, I guess I'll just go all in, and I will take Julio Jones against the Lions. Mm, Okay. I think this is going to be a shootout. Yeah, she's going with the combo, you know, Ryan and uh, and Jones. All right, yeah. not too bad. All right. Let's see what I could do here. I got quarterback and running back left. Let's take a look. I'm sorry, quarterback and wide receiver. I apologize. Let's take a look at the guys I got. I would like to probably go with um You know what? I think it's time. I would have gone in a different direction, but based off of somebody I picked but uh, with who they're playing and how this game is going to go against Arizona, I'm going to take Russell Wilson. So I'll take Russell Wilson for my quarterback, and I get to go ahead and pick my wide receiver as well. So let's go ahead and see what we got here on the board. Who's left and who do I want big time right now? I would like to have... I want I want Brandon Cooks. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. So that's who I'm going to take. That's going to round out my lineup. <clears throat> we'll go over all the lineups, actually, in a minute after Nikki and Damian make their last two picks. That's on you, Nikki. Oh, it's me? I'm sorry. Yeah, Nikki, it's your turn. Um, okay, 
Okay. Buccaneers defense. Rounding out her team. She's doing, uh, yeah, half and half over here. She's liking your your NFC South over there, Damian, with her picks. Yeah. What do you got going with your defense, D? Who do you think? Uh, for my defense, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears mm. against the Rams. Yeah. All right. Not bad. Now, it, the game is in uh, Los Angeles or Chicago? It's in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Either way, yeah. Chicago's definitely got a stiff defense. There's no doubt about it. I like that a lot. All right, so let's go over and make sure we got everything right. Damian, your team, Josh Allen, your boy with the quantum leap. Let's see if he can do it this week against the Jets. Something tells me he will. Kareem Hunt without Nick Chubb. Mike Thomas, your boy, coming back in the Bears defense. Nikki, you're going with Matt Ryan combo with Julio Jones. And you also got Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay as your running back and Tampa Bay's defense. Jay, me, myself, and I, I got Russell Wilson at quarterback. I got DeAndre Swiftly at running back, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. And my defense is the Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets. That is the freaky fantasy football draft of the week. You guys feeling good about your teams? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you draft him. You got to feel good, right? That's the way to go. That's the way to do it. I love it. I love it. Excellent. All right. So we got our teams in and we got a couple of segments for you left. We're going to do week seven picks. We got our locks and we also got a little name that player. So everything's running very smoothly and that's the way we like to do it. So we're going to keep it going as we go to a very short commercial break. We'll see you guys in 30. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. Well, we're back here in the 33 podcast, keeping our promise of new television sitcoms and bringing it back over here, friends. One of my favorite shows of all time. Know that about it. If you don't like it, then. There's something wrong with you because it's awesome and it's better than Seinfeld. So I bring on the arguments if you like. There's no reason to. No reason to. It's all good. I, I know the truth. That's all. I know the truth. It is what it is. Oh, man. Well, you just stay in your reality TV world and everything will be okay. All, all is good. All is good. Uh, here we go, guys. Last segment of the day. Week seven picks coming up plus Mount uh, – excuse me, Mount Player Player. Name that player. We had a little more uh, football trivia for you guys. So if you're all ready, let's jump into this thing. The first game I got on the board is the Thursday night game between – the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. But actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to save that for our games. Uh, we got the Saints. We got the 49ers all in action. So why don't we save that one? Let's go to Dallas at Washington. So the Cowboys go to Washington, D.C. and take on the Cowboys. So this game, interesting. Neither one of them is really good in the same division. Let's see what happens. Nikki, what do you think and what do you want to happen? Oh, 
it's my division. I don't even care about this game. Um, edge to Dallas, who is seemingly the better team, I think. So let's go Dallas 31, Washington 22. All right. Nikki's going Dallas. Damian, where are you going? Yeah, I'm going Dallas as well. I think the offense definitely plays better this week. Ezekiel Elliott has to try to hold on to the ball at some point, right? So I'm going um, Cowboys 24-20. All right, yeah, I don't know. Team morale is down. It's a divisional game. You never know what's going to happen. Washington has, has, you know, pretty decent defense, and, you know, we'll see if they can run their game. I think that Washington's going to pull this one out 21-17. So I'll be the lone ranger on this one. I'm going to take Washington here in this game, guys. Yeah, I just uh, Dallas. Um, they they haven't shown anything, and the dud they laid in Monday Night Football. I mean, forget about it. I don't know how much more you wanted Andy Dalton, but it doesn't seem like much. Let's get on to our next game: the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Guys, I'll start this one. I think this is a romping. Bills thirty to the ten for the Jets. And guys, immediately, I'm locking this game up. I'm locking up the Buffalo Bills. Damien, what are you doing? The same thing. I'm locking up the Buffalo Bills. Uh, 30 to 6. 30 to 6. I like it. Yep. Both looking blowouts. <laughs> Both looking blowouts. Nikki, you concur? I concur. Buffalo, and that is also one of my locks. All right. Sorry, Jets. We're locking you down, man. Sorry about that, but it is the way it is. You got to show us a win before you, we can trust you. Next, interesting matchup here. Green Bay coming off their first loss, going to Houston to play the Texans. Um. Guys, I think it's a pretty interesting game right here. Uh, the Texans have really got a terrible schedule, um, you know, to start off the year and, you know, obviously, you know, firing their coach and so on and so forth. But somehow I think they rally in this game and Green Bay doesn't really show up the way they're supposed to in the Dome. They'll score more, but the Texans, I think, are going to score more than Green Bay. So if you want to call it an upset, call it an upset. I like the Texans 35 to 28, Damian. It is. Uh, I'm not as bold as you are, Jason. So I'm going <laughs> Green Bay. <laughs> uh, I got Green Bay winning 30-20, and that's my second lock. Oh, all right. Locking oh. against me. Okay. All right, now we got a feud going on. No big deal. We can handle it. Nikki, what are you going to do with this game? Amy, we need a, um, you know how you do the quantum leap sound effect? We need a bold prediction sound effect from you. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we need to work on it. Now, I, uh, I think Rogers is pissed. And I think they are bouncing back this week. And I'm going Green Bay 33, Houston 26. Okay. All right. Going with Green Bay over here. I think Houston's pretty pissed off themselves with the way they finished that game. I think maybe they get it right this time. Next one, we go to Ohio. The great state of Ohio, of LeBron James, where the Cleveland Browns are going to limp in to Paul Brown Stadium, if that's still what they call it in Cincinnati. So we have another divisional matchup over here. And... Guys, I've been back and forth on this one, but I just think overall the talent that Cleveland has, even though they may seem a little out of sync right now, just getting their brains beat in by Pittsburgh, I think they squeak one out in a high-scoring game, 32-29, to Nikki. So I'm going to go with the Browns in this game, but I'm going to be honest with you, I'm really not sure about it. I'm not either, but I'm just going to go based off a little bit more talent in Cleveland. So I will go Browns 27, Bengals 23. All right. All right. There we go. And Damien, you close us out with this game over here. Yeah, I'm going Browns as well. 21-17. 
Okay, we're all in agreement on that one right there. So we expect the Browns to win on the road, even though it may be a short drive from Cleveland to Cincinnati. Still a big state. Detroit and Atlanta, not really what you would call winners over here. The game is in Atlanta. The Falcons coming off their first win. Detroit maybe getting some sway going on with a big win over Jacksonville, but it is Jacksonville. Um, Detroit, I I don't know. Um, (laughs) Them and Atlanta are almost like mirror images of of each other sometimes with the way that they can't close out games. Damien, what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, it's going to be a game where both teams do like hot potato. You get it. No, you get it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Atlanta will pull it out 2024. Okay, so you're going with uh, ATL on that one. All right, so Atlanta with back-to-back victory says Damien. What does Nikki say? Okay, she's also going Atlanta. Uh, looks like I'm the only one going on the Lions. Yeah, I know they're on the road. Um, they have they have firepower, and I like that they got DeAndre Swift in action. I think if they let him touch the ball 20, 25 times this game, that he'll do some significant jam- damage. So I like the Lions on the road, 27-23, guys. So I'm going to go with that one right there. Uh, maybe another upset if you want to call it. But let's keep the train moving over here. Jacksonville, pathetic at the Chargers, who are not pathetic. They're, the Chargers really aren't pathetic. They ran into a whole bunch of good teams and lost by seven or less. So um, the Chargers right here, I absolutely love them in this game. I think they're going to demolish Jacksonville 33-13, to 13, and you can lock that one up for me, Damian. Great minds. I'm going with the Chargers as well, 30-17, and that's my third lock. All right. That's his third lock. Let's see if he can triple lock it up, man. This guy's – so we got the Bills locked up for you. We got the Chargers locked up for you. And who else do we got? The Packers. And the Packers locked up. All right. All right. Nikki, let's hear your thoughts on this one. Well, I will do the trifecta at Chargers 31, Jacksonville 17, and that's my second lock. All right. All right, a game that we are all locking in. No faith in Jacksonville whatsoever. So, Jacksonville, do us a favor and just keep playing the way you've been playing, and uh, we'll have our lock in for that one. No problem. Well, it's quickly high five time before we get to our games. The high five, the five best matchups we see coming up on the board. And, uh, yeah, there's there's quite a few that we like out there. The number one game I'm interested in, guys, is Pittsburgh at Tennessee. They are both undefeated, Nikki. all right? Tennessee looks really tough. So does Pittsburgh. We were talking about it before. Tennessee with the running game. Pittsburgh finding Claypool. They're passing it a lot more. Both have very, very good defenses. This is going to be a tough game, Nikki. Which way are you leaning? I know. This is tough. Like, I went back and forth, back and forth. So this is the league's second-best offense meeting the league's second-best defense. So I'm just really excited for this game as just a fan of football in general. Um, It is the Steelers' defense. They've lost a little bit due to injury. Eric Henry is phenomenal. I don't know that he can can be able to run at will against this defense. I don't know. Um, I think Tannehill will make enough plays to keep up, but I think ultimately Big Ben will probably just have one more in him. I'm going to go Pittsburgh 23, Tennessee 20. Okay, I like the breakdown right there. Very well done. All right, so going with the Steelers to remain undefeated over the Titans. Damien, what do you think? Yeah, this is a very good game. I can't wait to see it. Um, I think it's going to be strength on strength, like Nikki mentioned, with Tennessee running the ball against that front seven for Pittsburgh. Even though Pittsburgh did lose Devin Bush, 
um, the player who came into the place and leaving looked good last week. Maybe that's just a uh, fact of being on the Pittsburgh defense. Like, as soon as you walk in, there's an aura of being a great defender comes over you. Yeah. And, <laughs> automatically good. <laughs> and I think that continues this week for Pittsburgh, and they'll be able to slow down Derrick Henry just enough. Um, Tannehill has been playing well as well, but I think that Pittsburgh, with the pressure they can bring, will be able to affect Tannehill in that passing game along with shutting down that run. Okay, 24 to 20. So you both on Pitt. Um, this is a tough game that I went back and forth on also, guys. Pittsburgh at Tennessee, both undefeated. I think that the one difference is our number three, uh, uh, excuse me, number three MVP, Derrick Henry. I think that he'll be the difference in the game. I know it's not easy to run on Pittsburgh, but this guy is Derrick Henry and people don't want to tackle him. And when you do, you get hurt and you go to the sidelines. So, I think we're looking at a really, really close game, guys. I'm talking Titans 26 to Pittsburgh 23. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. And, yeah, like I said, for me, the overall factor, the X factor is Derrick Henry. And we'll see what how many yards he rushes for, how many touchdowns against Pittsburgh and that tough defense. But Pitt got their uh, work cut out for them also going against Tennessee and their tough defense as well. So, We'll see about that game. I'm going Lone Ranger with the Titans. Our next game up is the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals, who, again, just thumped the Dallas Cowboys, led by Andy Dalton in this game over here. But uh, Seattle, they're coming back. They're ready. They're tough. We know what they can do. Um, Defense, still a little bit of an issue. If Antonio Brown is signed, it will not be this week. He'll be ready for week nine if that happens. So, He won't be there. We know that both teams are going to score a lot of points, but who scores the most in the end and who can make the play? Well, it's Russell Wilson. So I'm going to go with them. 41-38. The Seattle Seahawks win this one 41-38. Lots and lots of scoring in this one, Damian. Wow, that's definitely a fantasy owner's dream. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with Seattle as well. I don't trust Kyler Murray against good teams. I know Seattle's defense isn't the best. But he went 9 for 24 against Dallas, right? Yeah. Seattle's defense has to be better than Dallas's. So I'm going going with Seattle because of that. Um, Kyler Murray can be dynamic with his feet, but I don't trust him passing the ball. And like you mentioned, Russell Wilson is the MVP frontrunner for a reason. That's right. And that Arizona defense hasn't really shown me much either. You know, you force Dallas into some turnovers, but again, that's Dallas. So I think Seattle wins this game 30 to 21. 30 to 21. All right. I'm with you. All right. Yep. I got a high scoring game in this one, Nikki. I like Seattle just by a field goal. What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah. Um, Seattle's coming off the bye. Arizona, they feel like they're flying high. It's a short week for them. Um, I think, look, if Arizona wants to keep it close, Kyler Murray, that passing game is key. But you're up against the probably future MVP this year. So I think once Russ gets cooking, it's a wrap. I'm going to go Seattle 30, Arizona 22. All right. Everybody's got to lose at some point for the most part. Um, it's only happened a couple of times in the regular season where teams went undefeated. So maybe this is the game where Seattle, uh, you know, has a little hiccup over here. We'll see. Arizona's a good team and they're better on defense than people think. So that's definitely one to keep your eye on. Keep your eye on another divisional battle, the Kansas City Chiefs going into Denver at mile high. The Denver Broncos coming off uh, coming off a high with that big win beating the Patriots and the Chiefs 
you know, getting their stuff together against the Bills. Who wants it more? It's mile high. It could affect some breathing action or whatever. But overall, Kansas City, way too many weapons. Pretty decent on defense, uh, maybe even a little more than decent. Love what Tyron Matthew does back there. Damian, I just have to absolutely go with Kansas City in this one. They're way better than Denver. Um, I don't really care where they play. So I got the Chiefs 31 to 20. Yeah, I definitely see why you see it that way. Um, with Denver, their offense was not able to finish drives against New England. And I don't think they'll be able to do that against Kansas City. They won't be able to finish those drives. And you can only depend on Big Manus to kick so many field goals. Right, <laughs> right. right. His leg is probably still tired from last game. You know, <laughs> so I'm going to go with Kansas City in this one. Like you said, too many weapons. Denver's defense is good, but not great. And I think that Kansas City will be able to score 20 to 17. Okay. Okay. So, yep, we're definitely on the same track over there. Nikki, you're going to follow along over here with uh, Le'Veon Bell, I believe, coming in, and we'll see how many snaps he gets. But regardless, you got the Chiefs at Denver. What do you think? Yeah, no, I am definitely on the Chiefs train. Um, Mahomes is 5-0 and against Denver with 103.4 pass rating. Um, look, we said it. I think eventually Denver's going to be a good team. They'll get it together. But it is not going to be this week. Uh, Kansas City 34, Denver 20, and that is my third lock for the week. Oh, okay. Third lock, number three, Kansas City. All right. All right. Good luck right there. I, I definitely don't blame you. We'll see. You never know what happens a mile high up, but we'll find out coming up this weekend. We got Tampa Bay also at the Las Vegas Raiders, a battle of the Pirates over here. So a little shootout in the ocean. We'll see what happens. Uh, Tampa Bay, look, got to be riding high after that win uh, against Green Bay. They do travel uh, to Vegas, which is a nice place to go. And uh, like you mentioned, Derek Carr, you know, he could be in, in the MVP conversation and you put him fourth, Damian. I got no problem with that. Um, but overall, when I look at the defense of Tampa Bay, I think they can make a play at the end of the game, strip sack, fumble, interception, whatever it is, to close it out in a very close one. I got the Bucks winning 28 to 27. What do you got, Damian? Yeah, this is a very good game. I'm looking forward to it Sunday night. And I think that Vegas's offense is going to surprise some people and be able to protect their car against those exotic blitzes from Tampa Bay. Um, that offensive line that they call car insurance will be able to protect him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Vegas's defense is aggressive, and I think that they'll be able to make Tom Brady uncomfortable. That's one thing with Tom Brady being older. When he's uncomfortable and that pocket is crashing around him, his stats go down significantly. I think we see that in this game. So I guess you can call this a bold prediction. We're going to work on it. We're going to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going with Vegas to beat Tampa Bay 24-23. Wow, look at this guy. I've got bowls of steel. How about that? LVR over the buck, guys. All right. Nikki, what do you think is going to happen here? entertaining game especially if the Raiders bring that like Chiefs-esque kind of offense that they were mimicking when they were playing them um but I think you know Raiders defense sometimes they get exposed you go up, um, up the middle so I think Brady will take advantage here 
Um, Tampa Bay has slightly better defense. I think they maybe just get one or two more stops. Um, that puts Tampa Bay over the edge. So I'm going Tampa 29, uh, Raiders 23. Okay, another close one. All right, so you and I in agreement on Tampa, Lone Ranger with the Las Vegas Raiders over there for my man D. All right, high five, last one. Monday Night Football, Chicago at L.A. Rams and Chicago with their mighty defense, 5-1, and one, Matt Nagy. I don't know how he's doing it, Nick Folson, but the Rams have a, a really solid team all around. They're playing at home. It's going to be tough for them to score points. It's also going to be tough for Chicago to score points because the Rams can play defense when they want, especially with a guy like Aaron Donald. So I'm going to take the Rams in a really low-scoring game. It's going to be a lot of field goals, I think, so they better be on their game. The Rams 19-13, to and that is my final lock of the week. I got the Rams over Chicago, Monday Night Football, my final lock. Nikki, what do you think? matchups have been slugfest, so I'm with you there. But in those games, golf struggled, uh, no TDs, and five interceptions. And I think if you want to look at the Rams, who have they beaten? Like, they've already played the NFC East. Like, that's not really anything to write home about. The division's awful. Um, so I'm going to just kind of go based off the history here and how the Rams have played against the Bears. I'm going to go Chicago 21, Rams 18. Well, damn, I wish I'd let you go first. I might have changed my pick. I didn't know all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chicago, the road team, Monday night. Damien, do you agree? Yes, I do agree with Nikki. I'm going Chicago 17-13. I do agree on the, on the game being low scoring because both defenses are pretty good. But with the Rams, that offense, we haven't seen them perform well against good defenses, even though they did come back against Buffalo. Buffalo's running running defense is definitely not good. We saw it against Kansas City. Chicago will be to stop that run, which will force golf to have to beat them. And I don't trust Jared Goff when it comes down to him being the guy. Difference maker. Hmm. So I'm going with Chicago 17-13. All right. Very interesting. Both going with the road teams on Monday night. I like it. Very interesting. All right. So we got a few mixed up over here. We got a couple more games to get to, three more, that is. And that would be our game. So we're going to go through this and then we're going to do some name that player. Uh, first, Giants at Eagles, both desperate, obviously, for a win. The Eagles have been playing better. So have the Giants actually putting up more points. And I like their defense. Um, but in this game, I feel like Carson Wentz is going to have his swag back a little bit, getting a little more confident, and I feel like the Eagles are going to win 27-19. to 19. I know they don't have a lot to throw to. Same could be said about the Giants, but I think the Eagles are more adapt to making a play, a turnover here, two or three, like uh, Danny Dimes is like to do. So I think that would be the difference in the ball game is maybe three tur- turnovers for the Giants, maybe one by the Eagles. So I'll take the Eagles 27-19. and 19. Nikki, we'll, we'll save you for last. This is your game. So, Damien, you go ahead. Yeah, I got to go with Philly as well. Philly has shown a lot of heart, like I mentioned earlier, the last few weeks by making comebacks that fell just short against better competition. So, I think against the Giants, you'll see Carson Wentz look like the old Carson Wentz again, that guy that we thought was the best quarterback in the NFC East. And he'll have a good game. It'll be close. I got Philly 27 to 21 over the Giants. All right. We got very similar scores. Nikki, this is your team. This is your Giants. Can they get a, a win in this, in a row? <laughs> Two wins in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Philly 
Well, maybe if it wasn't against Philly. Like, I'm dreading this game because I already know what it's going to be. Like, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox is a nightmare. Daniel Jones is going to cough it up. He probably is going to turn the ball over three times. It'll be costly. You know, or it's either going to be that, and I'll know that going, you know, ahead of time in the first quarter, and maybe I can just go to bed. Or it's going to be pretty close, and it's a heartbreaker on some random run kickback for a touchdown. But bottom line is, I'm sorry, Philly has our number. We just cannot beat this team. If any year was to beat them, this is probably the year. But, um, no, we're historically bad um, on a Nationals game, and we are historically bad against Philly. So even I have to roll with the Eagles um, in this one. Well, all right. Well, look, spoken like no bias and everything like that, giving it straight, going with the Eagles. I'm with you at home. I gave my synopsis. Damien, can you give yours real quick so we can get to our other two games? Oh, for Philadelphia already. Yeah, got Philadelphia winning that one. Oh, okay. Okay, you got Philly. All right. He's got Philly. All right, so uh looks like we're all on Philly over here for this one. Uh, our next one that we got is the Panthers and the Saints. Damien, will come to you last. Uh, Nikki, real quick with this game, the Saints coming off a bye week. Here come the Panthers, who may be a little bit down on themselves after losing at home to Chicago. Saints, better overall team. Mike Thomas coming back. They're full. They're healthy. They're just chopping at the bit, waiting for this game. So I got them winning by 10, 27, 17. I like the Saints over the Panthers. Um, yeah, I do too. I think the Saints are rested. This offense is getting back on track. And Drew Brees leads the way to another victory at Saints 31, Carolina 24. All right, Damien, your game over here. You think your Saints are going to pull this one out? Who that? <laughs> they Okay, very similar scores all around. All right, let's get to the last game, and then we're going to get to name that player. So, 49ers at Patriots. Normally, that would scare me. It still does a little bit. Bill Belichick is going to do everything he can to take George Kittle out of the game. That's what he does, take away your best players. So, step up Debo, step up Brandon Ayuk, step up Jarek McKinnon, Jimmy G. Get your revenge on the Patriots over here, man. Revenge game. Get him back, whatever it is, you know, for the whole thing, not starting there behind Tom and whatnot. But it's going to be a low-scoring game. I see a lot of field goals as well. I think the 49ers take it 16-13, to 13, guys. So, Nikki, what do you think? Who's going to win this game real quick? Um, Man, I feel like this is a bad time for the Patriots to meet the 49ers. Like you guys are kind of getting the mojo back a little bit. Um, But I just don't know that the Patriots lose two in a row. So I, I'm going to go Patriots 24, 49ers 21. Yeah, it's very rare that the Patriots lose two in a row at home, Damien. There's no doubt about that, but this is a different New England era. It is, but with New England, you just it's hard to picture them going two and four. Like, it's very hard to see that. And 
with them, they know that with that division, Buffalo is pretty much marking their W against the Jets. You have to stay within that punching range of them. And I think New England will take this game very, very seriously and know that it's pretty much a must win against San Francisco, who's beat up um, Jimmy G. That New England defense is still very good. It's not like they played bad against Denver. Um, so I think New England's defense gives San Francisco some trouble. And New England wins this one. 21 to 16. All right. So I'm lone rangering with my team. Uh, yeah, low, low scoring, it looks like, is what it's going to be. Those are our picks for week seven. Make sure you follow along, travel with it, know what's up. And uh, I definitely hope you guys are wrong. I would love the 49ers to win and go four and three and get back on top of things over here. On the third and three podcast, breaking down everything from week six to week seven and then some. Got a whole lot more. But we're going to end the show today with the name that play. I got quite a few. Uh, we'll see how many we can squeeze in. I know Damien's got one. Nikki's already done her work with knowledge with Nikki. So let's start. Here we go. Name that play, guys. You ready? Listen. I have a brother who also plays in the NFL. I'm a Super Bowl champion. I'm one of the best at my job, but never led the league in any statistical category. However, I made the NFL All-Pro team twice and been to five Pro Bowls. Who am I? I'll repeat it again while you guys are thinking. I have a brother who also plays in the NFL. I'm a Super Bowl champion. I'm one of the best at my job, but never led the league in any statistical category. However, I made the NFL pro all-team twice and been to five Pro Bowls. Who am I? <laughs> you said it's a Super Bowl champion? Yes. I'm going to go with Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews. Okay, Clay Matthews for oh, Damian. Oh, that's a good one. What do you say, Nikki? I don't, yeah, I didn't really have anyone come to me. Let's roll with Damien's answer. All right. Well, I like the guests a lot, but the answer is Travis Kelsey. Jason Kelsey, his brother for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, that that's why it was a great guess. It was a great guess. You know, I thought maybe you guys would think maybe one of the Watt brothers. You never know, but uh, I did, and then I, that's why I said to you, "Oh, you said he's a Super Bowl champion." I'm like, right? Oh, no, that's not it. All right, there you go. <laughs> you, know, like you said, you said five Pro Bowls. Oh my God, TJ hasn't been in the league that long. If he had, so I don't know. Yeah, very smart. But I like that Clay Matthews right there. I like that Clay Matthews third and three podcast. We're keeping it flowing. We're keeping it going. We're doing our thing over here. Loving everything. Thermian, I know you got to play it a name, so let's see if we can figure out who it is. All right. I was a quarterback. I was a number one overall pick. I am in the Hall of Fame, even though the most touchdowns I've ever thrown in a year was 20. I achieved a lot of team success. And you name Okay, so quarterback, number one overall pick. He's in the Hall of Fame now. 
and you said he never threw yeah. more than 20 touchdowns in the season? Never threw for more than 20 touchdowns. Nikki, why you think? I'm going to say Troy Aikman. No, I'm kidding. Take your time. It's all good. Sports uh, trivia. No, you're probably right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm, all right, she's passing it off, Damien. What do we got? You're correct, Jason. It is Troy Aikman. All right. All right. The most that ever in a season was 20. Yep. Uh, he never had those big numbers. And like you said, you know, he just... Manage the game right, you know, whatever words he used. You know, he, he did a really good job at that. No question. Three Super Bowl titles. Could have been more if they stuck together. All right, good question. Good one. I like that. Bringing it back a little bit. All right, I got another one for you guys. I was the first pick in the NFL draft. I'm a quarterback. I passed for 300 yards in three straight games in my rookie year. I am also an NCAA FBS champion, college champion. The previous starting quarterback left the team in free agency last season. Again, I was the first pick in the NFL draft. I'm a quarterback. I passed for 300 yards in three straight games in my rookie year. I'm also a college football champion. The previous starting quarterback left the team in free agency last season. Who am I? I'm going to go. What's that, Nick? Is it Joe Burrow? That's your that's your guess, Joe Burrow. All right, Damian, what do you think? I was going to go with Cam Newton. All right. Cam Newton is not the answer, but Joe Burrow is. All right. Good job, Nick. Way to go. Good job right there. Good thinking. And you had that pretty fast. Not bad. Yeah, it's a little tricky, Damien. I remember Damien. reading, I thought it was either something for knowledge or one of the stats. And I was, no, it was last week, something about, I don't know. I read that he, it was his like third consecutive game for 300 yards. Yeah, yeah. Three straight games in rookie year, 300 yards. Yep, so there you go. Memory is a, is a beautiful thing. I'm glad you still have yours. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> barely. <laughs> yeah, and Damien, that could be a sneaky one because you're not thinking like Joe Burrow. He's just got in the league. It seems like more past tense. But, yeah, it was a little, little bit of a rough one. Uh, I do have one yeah, more. I don't know. If, that was a good one. I thought Cam, because I know Cam had like the 400 yards in his first two games. But I don't know if he did three, three straight games. Right. So that was a good one. That's right. He did in his first two games. They were 400 yards. That was amazing. That took that took everybody back. We thought that he may run for 400 yards, but he passed for it. So definitely a difference, no question. Uh, D, I don't know if you have another one, but I got one more. No, you go ahead, sure. All right, all right. Last one, and then we're going to wrap it up for the evening, and we'll see where the rest of the night takes us. Let's name that player. I was drafted in the second round. I was a bench warmer for three seasons. Finally, I got my chance to play elsewhere. I don't have big numbers, but I have a great win percentage. In fact, I played in a Super Bowl. Who am I? I'll do it again. I was drafted in the second round. I was a bench warmer for three seasons. Finally, I got my chance to play elsewhere. I don't have big numbers, but I have a great win percentage. In fact, 
I played in the Super Bowl. Who am I? Damn. You going Brad Johnson, okay? We'll wait for Nikki. So go ahead with Jamie. <laughs> I don't know. You sure? You don't want to throw anything out? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Then the answer is Damien, who'd you say again? I, I forgot to write it down. That was dumb. <laughs> Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Okay. That's actually a pretty good guess based on what I said. Not bad. The answer happens to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Got to be a little sneaky. Got to be a little sneaky once in a while. But, uh, yep, uh, number two overall pick, which was mind-blowing by the by the Patriots at that point. And, uh, yeah, got his chance to play elsewhere with my 49ers, obviously. Uh, not big numbers, but a great win percentage. And that's Jimmy G. And now he's back. And now the 49ers are back, guys, and I'm feeling great about it. Really excited about I mean, we We have a tough schedule coming up. There's a few tough teams on there. But uh, I'm feeling that confidence again with the way that they played. Um, I'm hoping that this uh, this dude that we signed over here, Willis from uh, from the Jets, can do a little spark for us right now. So I'm happy with the Niners. I know they're three and three, but hopefully they took their lumps for the season. Uh, the Giants have taken lumps in different ways, Nikki. But you know, maybe a win builds a little confidence, and you guys get rolling. Well, I sure hope so. I just don't think it's going to be tomorrow night based on, oh, I don't know, years of watching the Eagles completely demolish us. But, <laughs> you know what, maybe if I put out the positive vibes, we can turn it around and maybe we'll get a win tomorrow. Well, you know I'll be praying for you. Know that about it. And speaking of prayer, Saints like to pray a lot. And again, Damien, your team is taking on the Panthers. Um, I definitely think that they're going to win. I think we were all on that train right there with New Orleans. Uh, but after a week off, and you know how they play after their bye week, you're thinking that they're going to come out, you know, guns are blazing and everything, or, uh, you know, need to take a couple of more baby steps until they're fully intact. So hopefully they're guns are blazing. You know, it's week seven now. It's this mid-season form. Like, this is where it's supposed to come in. So um, this is when the Saints normally take off and – we always start a little slow, but this is where we're supposed to take off and go on those five, six, seven game win streaks. So hopefully it starts on Sunday. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No doubt about it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We got Thursday night football tomorrow. You know, a little uh, dessert before our dinner, so to speak. And then we got obviously Sunday and then Monday. Uh, hopefully the league can keep this together with the COVID. Obviously not getting into that now, but this has been the third and three podcasts doing it all. Sports trivia fantasy football, week six uh, ranting recap, week seven picks, our locks, everything like that. So we're in constant competition all year and all friendly competition, even though the loser will have to lay in mud for 24 hours. So those are the terms that we came to. (laughs) And we'll see you standing at the end of the season. But guys, we got a long way to go. And Nikki, I'm looking forward to many more of these. We've been doing it every week for a long time now. And I keep having more and more fun. Today's uh, episode was great. I feel like we gave a lot of inside knowledge, had fun as usual. And uh, yeah, do a little freaky fantasy football draft. We'll see who takes it down this week. That's right. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Halloween. Because you know what? Some of us just never grow up.
Yeah, Damien, we're we're basically dedicating next week to uh to Nikki. She's taking over Halloween. the entire show. It's Halloween, That's it's right. her show. Everybody tune in. Nikki's taking over. That's it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm all here for Nikki take over on Halloween. Uh, like the nods with Nikki is scary enough, so I can't imagine yeah. what's gonna happen now with the Nikki take over on Halloween. I'm looking forward to it. Came Wait, I already got the Halloween music in my head, so I can't wait for next week. Oh, yeah, yeah no doubt. Yep, yeah, get ready for that music. It's going to be creepy crawly, no doubt about it. Maybe a little Adam's family, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I was hoping that you would hear it. I can't snap that loud. So we'll see what's going on for the games. We gave you all our picks. Let's see if you go with them. We gave you some fantasy football advice. A little rant and recap, all that good sort of stuff. We'll see what happens with Antonio Brown in the near future. And who's going to remain undefeated? The Pittsburgh Steelers or the Tennessee Titans? Seahawks are the last one. Can the Cardinals spoil that for them? We'll see. We got a lot to go. It's going to be a great weekend starting tomorrow with Nikki's team against Philadelphia. Guys, I'm pumped. I'm set. I'm all ready to roll. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch, obviously, during the week. We'll talk more about it. We'll have fun. But you guys, again, remember, Third and Three Podcast presented by the Sports Column, brought to you by Anchor Radio. We always appreciate you listening. Catch me, Jason Fearman, at Sports Profit One. That's the number one, and the profit is not a money profit. Sports Profit One. Hit me up on Twitter. Damien, tell them where to find you. Yes, you can find me at The Real Deal, W-D-A. That's The Real Deal, W as in whiskey, D as in delta, A as in alpha on all social media platforms. And also check out my podcast, The Real Deal, with Damian Adams on all podcast platforms. No doubt. That's a fantastic job. And Nikki, you're just amazing. Again, uh, by the way, great questions today. I love the theme with MVPs. You know, it's it's hard to get down a, a certain year. But, yeah, you know, we got a couple of them. And, uh, yeah, I like that style right there. So we'll see how spooky you get next week, Bert. But uh, for tonight and tomorrow, we're there, the Nikki takeover. And uh, we're definitely rooting for you, Giants, tomorrow night. No doubt about it. It's no harm, no foul to us. So we want you to win and be happy and come in in a beautiful Halloween mood, trick or treat. Here we go. So the third and three podcast, we are out for tonight. But of course, we'll see you next week. Happy Halloween coming up and happy football. All right, everybody. We're out. Peace.